Good evening. Welcome to another TRC broadcast. I am your host, Bishop R.D. McLeod, and I just want to welcome you here for another adventure in the Word of God. Thank you so much for just joining in with us. Um, I hope you guys are ready just for the Word. Tonight, I, I'm, again, sometimes it just, I, I, it, I feel this in my spirit. And tonight, I really just want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about something that uh, I know that the Lord has been saying for weeks uh, to me in my spirit, and uh, and I just really want to share it with you. So if you will, just sit back, get ready to hear the word of God. Uh, we are definitely excited about being here, excited about being the house of God and even being used by him to any capacity. So Without any further ado, let's just get ready to get right on into the Word of God. Um, I want to start to you about uh, to talk to you about something that I'm sure that everyone can attest to every uh, now and then, uh, or at some time or another. I know you have dealt with this, so I really want to lay it out on the table and let's just become transparent. Uh, I want to talk to you about maxed out managing stress maxed out managing stress now we have to realize that you know we have been taken to a very very stressful time uh starting with last march all the way up until now we've dealt with this pandemic we dealt with shortages we dealt with with with, with uh social distancing we dealt we dealt with racial tension we've dealt with all kinds of things and i'm telling you family being together in the house more than they were before, husband and wives having to spend time with one another um, in close proximity. And all of these were induces of stress, uh, unemployment, you know, uh, checks from the government, uh, rent assistance. You know, there were that was a, a plethora of things that we had to deal with that was inducers of stress. And it caused a lot of people to be maxed out. If you look, you see it on the news just about every time you turn on the news, there is somebody that has done something crazy. There has been somebody who has snapped. You know, we have been living in a proverbial pressure cooker. And I'm telling you right now, the Bible speaks of this in Timothy, and it says in the last days, perilous times shall come. And it went on to say some of the characteristics of the times that we're living in, and uh, many of them were not good. Uh, you know, people are unthankful and unholy, disobedient to parents, truce breakers, you know, all of these things. So it create these were inducers of stress. And so many people have come to their end where they were maxed out. So what you need to know is before you snap, before you pop off somewhere, before you trip, before you lose your job, your home, your car, your, your family, you need to know how to manage distress. Are you listening to what I'm saying? What is stress? Stress is emotional or physical tension. You know, we talked about living between uh, the tension of faith and reality. There is a tension. There is a stretching. And, and that's what it is. Stress is emotional or it is a physical tension. Uh, in, in a short burst, it can be pos positive. Why? Because it can help you avoid danger. It can help you complete a, a, a deadline or a task by a deadline, when you start feeling that 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 pressure, uh, in a short burst, it can be positive. However, in long term, when you begin to live with constant stress, it can be dangerous. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It can be very dangerous. You know, um, the symptoms. You know. As you know, one thing I did put down uh, when I was writing the notes about this, not only can stress long term be dangerous, it can be ungodly. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying? So uh, 
what is uh, some of the symptoms? And I'm just going to go through these kind of quickly. But what I want you to do is to take a personal inventory and ask yourself, uh, am I living in the moment of any of these symptoms of stress? Because stress is a solid killer. Stress will come in and you will begin to do things habitually and not even realize that it is because your stress level has been increased. So we're going to just call out a few things. Some of these things could be synonymous with something else. However, you just really need to check it to make sure this is not something that is uh, a symptom of stress. Are you listening? It includes depression and anxiety depression, anxiety, anger. You find yourself just being angry, irritability. Are you just irritable all the time? Are you restless? You know, this is, this could be stress. Now it goes on uh, feeling overwhelmed. Do you feel overwhelmed? Do you feel like the walls sometimes are coming in on you? Do you feel like that? You know, you got too much month left at the end of your money. Do you feel like that that you are you living in a claustrophobic uh, situation to where uh, you feel pressure from every side? You know, Paul said that one time. He said, "You know, we are pressed on every side," and I can imagine he was dealing uh, with some amount of stress because of the things that he was going through. Are you feeling that? Uh, are you unmotivated? Are you one of those that right now it just seems like it takes a lot to get you going? Are you listening? It seems like you can't find that spark. You can't find that thing, that, that encouragement. You can't find that, that, that you're looking for something to inspire you. But you just seems like you, you become, uh, when, when I said unmotivated, you become, um, and this is very dangerous as, as well, you, be, you become uh, disinterested. In, 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 in things in general. And uh, you have this, well, if I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. You become very indifferent. Are you listening to what I'm saying? To life, you're indifferent to your Christianity. You're indifferent to your marriage. You're indifferent to raising your kids. You're indifferent to where you live. It, nothing really matters anymore. You have fallen into a lukewarm disposition where you're not either hot or cold. But, you know, it's because you've been pounded continuously by stress. And in your mind, you're not thinking about uh, anything that is inspirational you're not thinking about anything that will spark creativity on the inside of you. You just feel as though I am indifferent, whatever. When people say, do you want to do this or that? Whatever. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Let's continue. Uh, you're unfocused. You know, when a person is unfocused, they are very distracted. You know, I've always said this is that Focus eliminates distraction. If you were taking a picture and you had a lot of things in the background and you were trying your best to capture a certain part of the picture and you focused in, you zoomed in, you would eliminate all of the things that's in the background. It is the same way with life. Focus eliminates distraction. And when you find yourself distracted on all sides, then your lens is too wide. You are seeing too much at one time. And that is one of the reasons why you feel uh, that you're overwhelmed. You're trying to digest too much at one time. And most of the stuff you're trying to digest are irrelevant. It, they don't even matter. But, you know, you feel like you are responsible for pulling in everything at one time. I felt that way myself. I felt like I had to have the answer to everyone's problem. And, you know, that is a misconception, especially if you're a leader. You're not going to have the answer to everyone's problem. And the flip side of that coin, everyone don't want the answer to their problem. So when you look at that situation there, you can find yourself becoming stressed out because you can't seem to motivate other people. You can't seem to get other people to 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 catch a fire. You can't seem to get other people to become caring about the same things you care about. 
So you can be under stress for that same reason. Uh, you have trouble sleeping or adversely you sleep too much. You have trouble sleeping. You know, I can tell you right now, uh, I've learned, guys, I can remember, and my wife can attest to this. This was times where I would burn the midnight oil. I would be up two, three o'clock. And then even down to the ministry and studying. And one time I felt noble about studying and I'm up three o'clock in the morning. And this is when we were face-to-face -face service. And I was up three or four o'clock in the morning studying. And I, I felt noble about that because I felt committed. If I would stay up that late uh, to study and the Lord began to tell me, he said, the only reason why you're up that late is because you didn't manage your time. <laughs> that wasn't that a blow <laughs> that knocked all of the nobility out of the noble he said you didn't manage your time you're up now because there was times during the day when you could have done this but you did something else so i can tell you right now uh never not you know very seldom to my wife leave and go to bed and i'm still up it has to be something that I'm working on that can better us, something that I'm working on that I'm trying to complete a thought or come to a stop place. And that's very rare. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So let me continue moving on. Uh, another symptom of, of this is uh, racing thoughts and constant worry, racing thoughts and constant worry where you are, you know, your thoughts, you cannot uh, contain your thoughts because they run in, they run back out. You know, racing, uh, racing thoughts and constant worry. It's okay to be concerned about certain things. But if every day that your feet hit the floor, you are constantly engrossed, contained, and you're worried, that's a problem. Every day. Jesus said it's where you shall have tribulation. He didn't say in this where you shall live in it. That should not be a constant thing. Let me move on. If you have problems with your memory or concentration. Now, we hear they, they, they tab kids like this in school and say that they have these concentration issues. You know, you guys know what what I'm talking about. <laughs> it starts with A, <laughs> AD. Okay. We ain't even going to get there because we were all like that. <laughs> when we were growing up, we were all like that. We had, we had concentration issues because we wanted to do something else. Okay. We just didn't want to concentrate on what we were told to concentrate on. So we could have all been labeled. But now they do this with kids when really, you know, if you had screens in your face every day, all day, if you were babysitted by all these other things other than something wholesome, you're going to have concentration issues. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, problems with your memory. I refuse to live in that. <laughs> Are you listening? No, I don't want to have problems with my memory. So, I mean, not with what I do. I need to remember what the Lord said. I need to remember what the scriptures said. So, and then making bad decisions. A lot of people make bad decisions because they're stressed. You know, they're stressed because they are pressured. See, one thing you need to understand, you are to be led by the Holy Spirit, but the devil will drive you. And many times he drives you because you are impatient. He drives you because you want everything yesterday. He drives you and you are forced into bad decisions because you feel hurried in everything that you do. You, you cannot focus. You need to practice completing something instead of thinking that you have the ability. We call it multitasking, but the truth of the matter, it is, it, it, it's just, uh, a lack of concentration. You can't concentrate and complete a thought. So you say you're multitasking. That too sounds noble. But if you look across the board, you have a lot of stuff that is not completed. You know, 
men are generally notorious about this. And I don't think all of them are like this. But men, if you look around the house and you got several things that's not completed, it's because not because you're multitasking. You're only inspired in spurts. You'll start something, you'll get inspired and then you'll stop. And then you'll pick something else up, but you never complete anything. And you have to be careful that you don't develop a lifestyle of never completing everything or anything. And that you just spend your life being inspired in spurts, completing something. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You know, so again, you know, we use that, but these are only excuses for not finishing. You know, it doesn't matter how you start, but can you finish? Are you listening? So let's continue going on here. One thing that, that we need to understand, and that is that in this, uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to read this something that I wrote, in a culture of hectic schedules and relentless pursuits of productivity. Hectic schedules, relentless pursuit of productivity, we attempted to measure our worth by how busy we are, how much we accomplish, and how well we meet the expectations that others have placed on us. That's what we tend to measure our worth by. But see, if you do that, that's a never-ending pursuit. Why? Because people's expectations of you will change rapidly. They will change based off of the situation. It doesn't matter what kind of track record you have, but people, their expectation will change. All you have to do is not do something that people intend for you or wanted you to do or expected you to do, and their expectations will change. And if you chase that, you will chase it only for the moment until it changes again. Are you listening? You can also become, and I have been here, an achievement junkie where, you know, you got, you feel like you're only valuable if you can achieve something. But you know what? You have to come to a place that you have to know what to achieve. You're Sometimes you can achieve stuff that's really garbage. It has no eternal value. It has no personal value. It has no financial value, and you have achieved a whole lot of duds. <laughs> Are you listening? But they won't benefit you or better you. So uh, what happens is, listen, uh, if all of our activities lead us with no time to be still in the Lord's presence and hear God's word, we are likely to end up anxious, frustrated, troubled. Now, I'm telling you this because the Bible says, listen, it is the spirit of a man that will sustain him in his infirmities, but a wounded spirit who can bear. Did you get that? It is the spirit of a man that will sustain him in his infirmities. In other words, when you have pressures of life, attacks from the enemies, expectation from people, and you jumble all of that together with stuff that you need to do, stuff you want to do, and stuff you have to do, let me tell you something. You're going to have some problems along the way. You're going to, you're going to end up anxious. You're going to end up troubled. You're likely to end up, and I want you, all of you church folk, to hear this. You are likely to end up with the kind of service to God that is devoid of love and joy, and it will constantly develop resentment toward others. Did you get that? Why? Because you cannot keep that pace. Stress has come in, and one thing stress will do is cause you to point the finger to someone else when you face deficiencies in your own life. When you don't complete things, it's always somebody else's fault. 
when you don't do things that you should do, it's always somebody else's fault. You will find a scapegoat. You will find someone else to blame, some situation, some circumstance to blame because you did not stay focused and you will feel with frustration, stress, and impatience. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Listen, these are signs that you are maxed out and that your stress levels are out of control. These are signs. Why? I said before, it's a solid killer. It's something that will sneak attack you. It's something that you won't realize that this is what's going on in my life. You think it's the pressures of life. It's not really the pressures of life. It is the stress level of feeling incompetent. It's the stress level of feeling unappreciated. It is a stress level of feeling like you can't keep up the pace with everybody else's expectations. It is stress that has been created in your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying? All stress, listen to me. This is a nugget right here for you. All stress, all stress. I don't care. It originates in one place. It originates uh, by your perception. Listen to me. And any stress, it is developed, it is initiated by your perception. Case in point. Say, for instance, you had $100 in the bank. Some of you said, yay, praise God. <laughs> If you had $100 in the bank and all of a sudden you got hit with a $10 unexpected bill, there would be no stress. Why? You perceive, you perceive I got that covered. Correct? What if you had $100 in the bank and you was hit with a $300 unexpected scenario? Immediately, your perception is mathematically alone. I can't cover this. I don't know where I'm going to get it. And immediately you will embrace stress, the worry thought. The Bible says no one can take one worry thought and increase your stature. One worry thought can, can't change your situation. So now you got a dilemma here. You got a dilemma. Your dilemma, remember in faith, remember in 1 Peter, uh, uh, the first chapter, I believe it is, it says, um, or the third chapter, but it says, uh, according as his divine power, he hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who have called us to glory and virtue, whereby these exceedingly great and precious promises we are partakers of his divine nature. So again, the perception, if you're in faith, I may not have it in my hand, but I got it covered because he will never leave me nor forsake me, that God will always come through for me and all of his promises are yea and amen and there is no stress. So your perception, how you see it is what's causing your stress. Take someone who's always stressed, always frustrated. They have a negative outlook on life and challenges. That's real. They have a negative outlook on life and challenges. Otherwise, there would be no stress. See, let me say something to you. Yes, I don't have the answer to everything that happens in my life. But there is a point where I stop and say, look, if I could fix this, we wouldn't be talking about it. I can't fix it. But God, you said you are my helper. You said whatsoever things I desire when I pray, believe that I receive them and I will have them. You said that uh, 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 if you shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed, Mark eleven twenty three, 23, uh, and be thou cast into the sea, and I shall not doubt in my heart, but believe whatsoever things I say it shall come to pass, I can have what I say. Romans 4 and 18, where you said Abraham, he said, you said against hope, he believed in hope. And he staggered not at your promises because he was fully persuaded that what you promised you was also able to perform it. And you are no respecter of person. If you did it for Abraham, then you have to do it for me. 
at some point, I turned it over to God and I said, look, I work like it depends on me. I'm going to believe like it depends on you. Why? You promised me this. His exceedingly great and precious promises, we are partakers of his divine nature. What is God's divine nature? Faith. When you're stressed, when you're bent out of shape, when you are overwhelmed, you are far from strength, uh, faith. I mean, let's be honest. Let's stop looking for side roads. When you are feeling pressures and overwhelmed, when you're feeling like, I don't know what's going to happen, and you start to get disturbed, you are no longer in faith. And if you see it like that, you would go to the scriptures and you would say, let me build myself up on, on my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Let me build myself up on getting in the word. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and not by hearing gossip. Faith comes by hearing and not by hearing the news. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You have a choice. What are you going to listen to? That's what's going to produce your disposition. Let me tell you something. Your condition will always determine your disposition. Your condition will always determine your disposition. You see someone all looking all broken down. The Bible says, why has thou countenance fallen? You see people that looks like this, like they're struggling, like they lost the war before they fought it. You can't be in faith. You can't. Now, what I'm telling you is not easy. What I'm telling you is not something that you can start with. You have to grow to this. You know, well, you know, the church is always talking about I'm going to another level. I'm going to. No, we're not. Some of the times we are going to another level, but it's the one we just got off of. You know, when Moses got to the Red Sea and Pharaoh was behind him, the Red Sea was in front of him, which was insurmountable odds. And he went to the Lord. The Lord said, Tell the people, go forward. In other words, God tell you, go forward. If that's what he said, it doesn't matter what it looked like in front of you. Going forward, guys, remember this. Remember the electronic door at the, uh, at the grocery store? That door has never opened for you while you were in the car. It was closed all the way until you got there and then it opened for you you have been sitting in the car watching the doors of life open for everybody else because you are reluctant and apprehensive of getting out trusting god it was going to open for you as well so you have spent all your gas letting the car run while you stay cool in the heat we love comfort and you won't get out of the car and trust God that when you get to that door that he told you he would open. Remember, I open doors no man can shut. You have spent all of your life sitting in the car, looking out the window at the door opening for everyone else but you. Your condition will determine your disposition. Are you listening? God, see, the Bible says that the that the uh, the kingdom of God is not eat um, meat and drink, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Do you have righteousness? Do you have peace? Joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Are you listening? And if you have no joy, you have no strength. If you have no strength, the Bible says, if listen to me, if you faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Why? Thy joy is small. When you struggle, go look in the mirror and say, why do I look like this? <laughs> why do I look like this? See, you were not only just birthed 
by your mother and father. That's why you look like that in the natural. But you look like that in the spirit because you've been birthed by circumstances in life. And the ones that birth you determines your countenance and what you look like. Some people try to smile. Some people do smile. Are you, are you listening? But the Bible says this. The Bible says that even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful. Are you listening? Let me let me move on. Let me move on because I got to finish this. Uh, let's go to a scripture and let's talk about it. Go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. This is really going to help you because I want to talk to you about some what ifs. What ifs? I want to get, I want to get you outside of your religious mindset. I want to challenge your thinking. I want to challenge your disposition. I want to challenge just where you are tonight. Let's talk about this. Now, I'm going to go to Luke chapter 10 and let's start reading at verse 38. And please listen. I want you to listen with uh, another mindset. Are you listening? Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Let's, 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 let's roll with it. Now it came to pass that as they went, that uh, he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him in her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha, was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, does not thy care, uh, does not thy care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. And you know, it had to be tough. Jesus had to say it again. My God, my God. <laughs> Martha, Martha, he said that when he was on the cross, my God, my God, why has thou, listen, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Listen to this. He said, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now we're going to go back through this again, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to crack open some nuggets of what if. I'm not going to change any doctrine. I just want you to speculate for a moment for teaching purposes so you can broaden your horizon, so you can see some things maybe that you didn't see before. I'm just as a teacher trying to make a point. So I'm going to say some things. Don't call it doctrinal error. Just listen to me because there's many. These are established on facts. Are you listening? So let us go back. The Bible says that he came to pass in verse 38, that as they went, they entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him in her house. Okay, let's start right there. First of all, you need to understand something. Hospitality, peace, and serving is encouraged in the New Testament. Would you agree with that? We established this on facts. Jesus talked about serving. Let the greatest among you be servant of all. all right, you remember that? Remember when he was in the house with the disciples and they was doing a bunch of small talk around the table. Jesus got up. He flipped the towel over his arm and went and got a basin of water and began to wash their feet. He said, you call me master and I am your master. But if I can wash your feet, he said, you need to do this for one another. Now, this was metaphorically speaking. He wasn't telling us we need to start a foot washing doctrine. He was basically saying, I am above you all. And I took the time to wash your feet. I lowered myself to wash your feet. I humbled myself to serve you in spite of being your master. You need to esteem others more highly than yourself. Let's continue to move on. Secondly, when Jesus and his crew showed up, there was no mention of Mary on the welcome committee when they got there. Go back and read the scripture. Martha welcomed them into her house. Now, 
Where was Mary? We're just going to talk for a minute and we're going to say some what ifs, okay? The Bible also said that Martha, when you when you see this picture, you see Jesus sitting down in a chair teaching the beatitudes and you see uh you see Mary on his kneecap with her hands like this looking up at him, just engrossed in the word of God, being consumed by the word of God. That is the picture that we've always had. And in the background, you keep seeing Martha going back, back and forth with pots and pans and and, and, and the meatloaf and the fried chicken. You see her in the background and you see her every now and then when she walked by the doorway, you see her looking there at Mary and despise Mary sitting in there listening to the word of God while she's in there, man, busting suds, washing dishes, frying up chicken. And, and see, Jesus was not alone. Jesus came with a crew. So Mary uh, was, you, you see her sitting there taking in the word and you see Martha wearing her shoes out and a path in the carpet going backwards forward. First of all, when the scripture says that she said at her feet, who said, what if the scripture didn't mean literally sit at her feet? Because scripturally speaking, to sit at a master's feet means you was his disciple. Just listen. I'm trying to make a point. I want you to find you in here and don't try to dissect something like <laughs> Listen. To sit at his feet means that you are his disciple. All right? Now, let me go back to, to the scripture. The Bible says, and the Bible says uh, that Mary, which also, which also, which also, she had a sister called Mary, which also, which also. She had a sister named Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now, to get you to think, to get you to think, who else was sitting at his feet? Which also? She had a sister, which also. I said before, that means that she was his disciple. Whether you notice or not, so was Martha. Martha was also his disciple. Read it in the scripture. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now you are thinking about the crew that came in. But sit at his feet means to be a disciple. Now think about it. When Jesus got to the house, Jesus was met by Martha at the door. She welcomed him into her house. She began to uh, she began to operate in the ministry of hospitality, and she began to serve. Why? Because she was his disciple as well. She learned this from the teachings of Jesus, as he emphasized throughout the New Testament that serving was noble. Now, let's continue to just read because we want you to find yourself. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. And she came to him and said, Lord, does not thy care that my sister have left me alone to serve. Be there, therefore, that she may help me. Now, it seems like he might say, hey, get off my knee and go in and help your sister fry that chicken. Now, let's just what if for a minute. Because I'm still trying to bring you to this level, talking about stress. That's the most important thing right here. Believe what you want to believe about the scripture. But also believe that stress it can hurt you. Okay? That's what we're talking about. So, now, watch this. She said, don't you care that my sister have left me? In other words, there was a disconnection between Mary and Martha and 
the relationship and the dynamics of the relationship changed because Mary lived with her. You knew they were close. But it came a place when it came to Jesus. The Bible says, think not that I came to bring peace, but a sword. I was set at variance, a mother against a daughter, a father against his son, and a, uh, and, and a person foe shall be those of his own household. This is the point that I'm trying to make. The word will separate you. Think what you want to think. How can two walk together except they be agreed? The word will separate you. The devil will divide you. The word will separate you. The devil will divide you. See, some people are divided, had nothing to do with the word. The devil just brought an ought. They grabbed it. They ate it. And then they, they were offended. But the word, commitment levels will separate you. Amos 3.3, 3, how can two walk together except they be agreed? God, I got to move on. He said that, see, so let me, let me ask you this. She said, my sister have left me to serve alone. What if Mary wasn't there at all? Because if she was so hung up in hearing the word of God, why didn't she welcome Jesus at the door? Why wasn't she there with Martha and welcome him at the door? I'm just saying, what if? It really doesn't matter. You can go to heaven or go to hell whether she was there or not. <laughs> so we're not really over into something like that. But I'm just saying for the, think, for the thought of challenging you, what if she was not there? She said, don't you care that my sister have left me? She was the disciple. What if she was out with the rest of them preaching the word of God and preaching the kingdom of God? And Martha was troubled about all of the work she had to do alone because that was a ministry. Hospitality was a ministry. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Sometimes as people grow, their perspective shift, their priorities change, and it is resented by those that are close to you. He said, you're cumbered about, about many things. Cumbered, you don't hear people say that um, uh, today, you know. Hey, my friend, you are cumbered about many things. You know, we don't say that. What does cumbered mean? Cumbered, cumbered simply means that you are hindered or you are cluttered up. He told her you are cumbered about many things. Her task, her responsibility, and even the ministry of hospitality had kept Martha out of Jesus' presence. Let's bring this thing back to uh, home now. See, she was all in the kitchen. She was doing something uh, 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 right, but it wasn't good. And what she did while she was frying chicken, while she was making potatoes and all of these things, she was out of Jesus' presence. What are you doing that's keeping you out of Jesus' presence? Oh, yeah, it might be good, but then what's keeping you from his presence? See, because you're not hearing his word. And as soon as something is thrown in your lap, you immediately do just like Martha. See, we looked at this as this was Martha against Mary, but it wasn't. This was circumstance against circumstance, situation against situation. And so therefore, because she hasn't, she didn't hear the word, because she hasn't heard it, she was so busy. See, busy is not diligent. The Bible says the hand of the diligent make it rich. You might be busy. Or are you getting rich? Well, maybe you're just busy. You're not diligent. Are you listening? Check yourself. That's all I'm saying. Now, listen to me. It kept Martha out of Jesus' presence. Even if you see her walking backwards and forth in the background, she was not in there hearing the word. She had she was hearing the timers go off. Beep, 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 beep. This was going off because the chicken is done. She was doing all of this stuff, and she was sweating because she was alone. What if Mary wasn't even there? Jesus knew Mary. She could have still said, tell her, come back to this ministry. Come back to hospitality. I can't serve all these people that stop here by myself. Listen to this. 
Jesus said, thou art careful and troubled. Do you know what the translation of careful and troubled mean? You are stressed and you are feeling pulled in different directions. Is that you today? Are you stressed or you feel pulled in different directions? What do you think a stress fracture is? Are you listening? With the naked eye, you might not be able to see it. But when you try to put pressure on it, you can tell that there is something going on. It's the same way with your life. When you try to achieve something, when you try to bring something together and make it happen, it seems like there's always a problem. See, the Bible says confidence in an unfaithful man is like having a broken tooth and a foot out of joint or having a fresh fracture. When you uh, uh, stress fracture, <laughs> when you put pressure on it, you can tell it's there. Now, let me close this. I got to close. Jesus. So pulled in different directions. How many of you out there right now feel pulled in different directions? Though, how did how many feel overwhelmed? Like you, you know, you're scattered. That's what the devil's supposed to feel. He's the Bible said he'll come at you one way and he will flee seven. He will be pulled in every different direction. That's not your ministry. You should not be pulled in every direction. What you need is to get back in Jesus' presence. Let me close. Now, let's say this. It says that thou art careful and troubled, which means stressed, feeling pulled in every direction. What if Jesus was not reprimanding Martha like we thought he was reprimanding her, but he was concerned about her stress level and he was inviting her to return back to her focus on him? What if? What if he wasn't? We took it as though he was like, you know, reprimanding her. Martha, Martha, thou art careful about many things, but one thing is needful. What if he was saying, I notice right now you are stressed out. And what you need to do is to bring this thing back into focus. Put your focus back on me again and you wouldn't be feeling like this. You have flipped the script and put your situation, your circumstances, your busyness ahead of your time with me. And that's why you feel the stress. So he said one thing is needful and Mary has chosen that. You know what Mary chose? Mary chose priority. Mary prioritized. That's what she chose. She chose the things with God first. Now, this is how we end. See, our foundation isn't built on God. We just make a welcome mat at the door of the house that we built. That's with God's name on it. Our foundation of the house is not built on God. We put a welcome mat out there and put God's name on it. But every time something comes into our house, we get stressed. Every time the wind blows, we get stressed. Every time something falls off, shingles come off, we get stressed because we only have a mat outside, but the foundation is not God. So listen to me, and I'm going to quote this, and I'm going to close. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 says this. It says, be careful for nothing, but with everything, uh, but in everything by prayer and supplic supplication, with all thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Be careful. Be anxious. Don't worry about anything. Don't be stressed about anything. But in everything, and all your ways acknowledge me, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with all thanksgiving. Why are you going to thank? You're going to thank him. You're going to thank him because you believe it's done. So I'm closing with this. Stress is created over Mary. You are, you, you, I mean, Martha, you are troubled about many things. Stress is created over many things. Peace is created over the one thing. One thing is needful. One thing over many things. One thing over many things. Get your focus back. Pull it in. Get your focus back. It's time for you to get back in God's presence. You can't live on that anemic relationship that you've had because life is throwing hardballs. Life is throwing. It's not playing. Life is throwing. 
it's, it's throwing hardballs at you. And you can stay out here if you think this thing is a game, but it's not a game. The devil's trying to take you out. He's trying to separate. He's trying to divide you from God. He's trying to sift you like wheat. Get your focus back. Forget about all that many stuff that you are doing because it's creating stress and it's got you bent out of shape and it's affecting your health. You can't serve the Lord broke down. So peace in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Peace is in his presence. Father, we thank you for the word tonight, the grace tonight. We thank you that your people have heard the word and they have reflected on the dynamics of stress and what it does to their body. But they will rest in you. They remain a rest to the people of God. And that rest is in you. And we thank you right now. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that rise against us in judgment shall be condemned. For this is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for grace tonight. We thank you for a hearing ear. We thank you right now that, Lord, that you have set us back in the road. You have set us back straight. And all this stuff that was taking us out, stressing us, messing us up, Lord, we throw that thing to the side. We will not carry it. We give you praise, honor, and glory. TRC, be faithful to the Lord. Get back in his presence and let God do what he has to do. And I'm telling you this right now. Until we come back together again, if Jesus tarry, whatever you do, whenever you do it, however you do it, make sure you are maxed out in God and not in stress. And if you do it that way, you always be able to keep it real.